Welcome back, Pinball Nerds, to episode 211 of your fifth favorite pinball podcast. My name's Orbital Albert, and today we're going to be talking about my top five favorite pinball designers of all time. And before I get into this, I do want to say that I understand that every time someone makes a pinball machine, it's not just one designer, or maybe it would have been 40, 50, 60 years ago, but especially nowadays, it's a huge, giant team of people. And I don't want to discredit or leave anyone out and make them think like they're not special because they are. And it, they are. And it takes, I mean, with how incredible pinball machines are nowadays, it takes a whole team of people. That being said, there has to be a lead designer, a primary designer, the person that usually does you know, where, where, what's going to go where. Maybe they don't, don't have everything to do with the coding, of course. Um, but before I jump into that, I have to start by first apologizing to all my pinball nerds out there. I humbly apologize. You guys know I'm your daily dose of pinball. I'm usually here every single solitary day. Uh, this week got a little bit away from me. On Monday night, I actually probably partied a little harder than I needed to for my 10,000 listens party. Um, also got to interview Mr. Mike Todd of Speed City Records. That was really fun. Got to do it live on air on my Pinball Nerds podcast Twitch channel. What a great time I had. Um, got to go to finals. I'd like to report that I actually got second just behind Mr. Sean Russell. And uh, Sean just messaged me, when the heck's your next podcast, dude? Because I've literally never gone four days without a podcast. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe when I went up to the Bruce, I think. And possibly once at Christmas uh, when I was depressed when I found out I couldn't play pinball for a month because uh, my arm was not recovering from my skateboarding injury. But let's get back into what this episode is all about. This is about the top five pinball designers of all time. According to me, this is for the games that I personally love. This is not like a list where I surveyed hundreds of people who are in the know, the how, the pinball media. This is just my favorites, okay? This is just my personal opinion. So don't anyone get offended if, you know, I didn't say your your top guys, not nowhere in my top five. Like, if that happens, I'm sorry. I guess you just have bad taste in pinball. Just kidding. Um, no, it just means we have different tastes. There's room for all the designers. Believe me, there's room for all the designers. Now, part of the reason, what happened is Monday, I partied a little too hard. Tuesday, I was recovering, I'll say, slash also waiting um, to uh, meet up with Mike Dimas and get my skateball fixed because I desperately wanted to do a stream of that. I got to do that. Even though I wasn't feeling great all day Tuesday, I'd attributed to maybe me drinking a little bit too much the night before. But then Wednesday, about halfway through the stream, actually, I had already promised I wouldn't close down my stream on um, 
Oh, yeah, we got the uh, the trough receded for Walking Dead as well, right? So I had promised that I I wouldn't stop uh, playing um, skateball until I got to 3 million. And, of course, that's a very hard thing to do. But, like, on my third game or my fourth game, if you go in there and watch it, um, go watch the whole thing if you're bored. But I'm just saying, if not, if you want to jump ahead, I believe somewhere in about half an hour in, uh, to an hour in, I get like a, a almost 2 million game. I think it's 1.8 million, 1.7 something. And I thought, okay, we're only like an hour in. I should be able to, you know, and I was willing to do the stream for 12 hours. I even told both my sons, you know what, we I could be going late on this one. Now, I hope to start the stream a little earlier, like maybe go 9.30, 9.30, but I didn't start till about 11 a.m. And um, I was actually going to maybe cancel the stream because I wasn't feeling well at all. And I know I'm not feeling well when there is ice cold beer in the fridge, which doesn't happen that often. I try to only keep beer here on the weekends typically, but there is ice cold beer here in the fridge left over from us actually making beer soap for El Brewing Goose here in London, believe it or not. But um, anyways, there ended up being some ice cold beer in the fridge and I didn't even want to drink it. That's how sick I felt. And I ended up ending the stream after only sort of getting to 8 million because I was starting to feel sick and tired and not feeling well. And what happened is we played co-op mode. Uh, Mr. Brad Hopkins came and uh, surprised me. Thanks for coming by, Brad. And uh, then both my sons came, Hayden and Owen, and we played all together to try to get 3 million. And we came very close. If you watched the very last game on the stream, we came very, very close. I turned it off before actually adding it up. Who knows? We might have gone slightly over. I think we were a little under. But we kind of sort of got, and I know that's sort of cheating, but I wasn't feeling well. Turn it off. And then the Thursday, I started to feel really sick. Um, that was yesterday. Today's Friday. So that's why I haven't done a uh, update for three days. And I do apologize. Now, mind you, Monday, if you look Monday, I did two on the 10th. So I wasn't really due for one until really, I don't know, I guess yesterday. But um, anyways, I humbly apologize to all of you, especially because I'm getting some new listeners. I believe um, I was already so stoked to hear that uh, Ken Cromwell and Bill Welf gave me some awesome love and shout outs uh, on the Special One Let Pinball podcast that just came out this week. Um, I was very sad to hear, and I'm not going to spend lots of time talking about drama, but it was very sad to hear everything Frenchie had to say, but I was most happy to hear he was still going to be doing pinball art. I was afraid he was going to say he wasn't going to do that. I'm still very sad he's not going to be coming to expos and he's not going to have a big Facebook presence, Um, but I totally understand why, and Frenchie, I get it. Uh, Take some time off for yourself, and you know what? Maybe you come back in a different way, shape, or form and uh, in the future, and you know what? I'm still on your friends list, which is super awesome. I still want to come hang out with you. My passport is coming in the 27th. Unfortunately, I have to leave on the 28th, but I'm going to be back three times over the summer, and hopefully one of those times we can meet up. It would be great. I would love to come there, hang out with you. Um, You do not have to do the podcast when I come out down there. I'm not legally even allowed to do a live stream down there because of the uh, terms of service on Twitch, it said explicitly because uh, I had to put in my social insurance number and all my tax information that I can't stream from the States, which is totally fine with me, but I still would love to come hang out. And uh, I'm just sorry that he had to kind of go through all of that stuff. I do understand kind of both sides of the camp. I think everything that Ken Cromwell and Bill Webb said about it uh, makes sense. Go ahead and go listen to the last special one. They said it a lot better than me. I don't need to re-say it. I don't want to be in the middle. I understand where people on both sides of the camp are. For the most part, I'm Camp Franchi, to be honest. But uh, at the same time, you know what? If there were some mistakes that he said somewhere on Facebook that I never read or saw, it's possible that that happened. But for the most part, every time I've ever dealt with him, he's been nothing but super rad. So 
Um, yes. Anyways, going back to the top five pinball lists, because that's why you're here. Um, and this morning, right before I do that, this morning, I'm listening to Mrs. Pin's pinball podcast, her new one she just put out, where congratulations, by the way, Dr. Pin got second in a big uh, tournament they just played, and she got third, and she was saying how she got four, four whoppers for the International Flipper Pinball Association. Oh my God, that's so incredible good for you like that's it, it took me playing like 100 tournaments to get that much I think actually it was probably like 110 tournaments until I had got I think I got six whoppers for getting fourth at a pretty large tournament in Ottawa um anyways going back to the top five thank you so much Mrs. Penn thanks so much Ken Cromwell thanks so much Special Inlet uh thank you so much for all the shout outs I really appreciate it that's part of the reason why even though I'm still not feeling 100% I am here now doing this list for you guys I want to throw it out there because I noticed I did see a lot of new people coming in here that I hadn't seen before and getting listens in that back catalog and I want to put out a big fresh fun episode for you so let's get right into that uh on this list okay when I'm going through all the people I had to give a shout out and I hope if I mispronounce any designers' names, I apologize. Pronunciation is not my strong suit, okay? I'm a pinball nerd, not a linguistics nerd. But I wanted to start the whole list by giving a shout-out to my man, Ed Krinsky, I believe it's pronounced. It's K-R-Y-N-S-K-I. Look up Ed on Pinside, and oh my God, 219 machines. Now, why isn't Ed in my top five? Well... Ed's not in my top five because none of these machines are really in my top 10 favorite machines on the planet, but a lot of them, a lot of them. And he's really an, an older school designer, even though he did have a machine, a uh, King of Diamonds. They made 50 of them. I'm kind of, I'm going to look this up on YouTube after this. It's called King of Diamonds came out by Retro Pinball in 2010. And he was not only lead designer, but also animation. So this guy is multi-talented because 2010, and let's go back and see when his first pin was, back there in 1973, top hand. So I'm just going to shout out the ones that I've heard of or that I have a connection to or that I've played, okay? Uh, high hand, obviously. Um, big shot. Hot shot. Um, sky jump. That's why I looked this guy up originally. Sky jump. One of the first EMs that made me fall in love with EMs. I believe it was at Call the Office back in the day. I know I've played it at either Pinup or somewhere else, but uh, yeah, Sky Jump, so amazing. Uh, Sky Dive, big, big Indian. That one probably wouldn't be made nowadays or it would be called Big Native, if anything, or something like that. Uh, Sky Jump, let's stay away from drama. Uh, here we go, Mag Magnotron, I heard of that guy. Free Fall, oh my gosh, I've, I've heard of that, and I believe I've played it and I enjoyed it. Now, these three in a row are friggin' some of the best. And I've only played Spirit of 76, but he had three games in a row. Um, Spirit of 76 came out in 1975 by Gottlieb, by the way. But when he was working for Gottlieb during this time, 74, 74, 75, he had Out of Sight, Far Out, which I've heard of tons, and uh, Spirit of 76. Three beloved EMs, right? Or wait, are we getting into solid states by then? Um, pretty close, right? Super Soccer, I thought Julie Dorsers might have had that game. Um Looks like he did. Oh, Pinup. I've definitely played that. See, I still think that's a Wedgehead, right? Um, El Dorado. Everybody knows El Dorado. Later did soccer. I think there's a theme here. He likes he likes race car games. Spin out. See, 300. Another one. Um, 
Lucky Strike. There's 200 here. I can't read them all. Canda Drive. Someone has a Canda Drive. I'd love to stream it. Let me know. Um, Buccaneer. I once, uh, I think that helped me win a tournament up in um, Tirana when I was playing there. Um, let's see here. Surf Champ. Yep. Love that game. Volley. Volley is the game I was thinking of. That was definitely a called the office back in the day. Love that game. And then another one, Surfer. So look at this. With In the same year, Surf Champ and Surfer both came out. They look like they have a very slightly different backlash. One is a two-player, one is a four-player. I wonder if they're the same game. Um, but just two-player, four-player. Target Alpha, Solar City, Bronco, Mustang, Lucky Hand, Jungle Queen, um, Jungle Princess, which I now own, yes, which mm, mm, I might be turning mm, might be turning into Harry Potter. I don't know. I might have to pick a different game. We'll see. Uh, Jungle Queen, Simbad, um, Eye of the Tiger, Joker Poker. Everyone knows Joker Poker, right? Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Dragon, really cool solid state from Gottlieb in 1978. Um, Rockstar, Spacewalk, Solar Ride, my second game I ever had, which I now own again, which I just bought back from Matt McGoffin or traded for part of my uh, part of my trade for Skateball. Incredible Hulk. The list goes on and on. The Incredible Spider-Man, 1980. Um, he's done a lot. Royal Flush. Jack's Open. El Dorado City of Gold. Um, there's so many. So, yeah. Incredible guy. Didn't quite make my top list, five list, just because I love a lot of those games. None of them are my favorites. If it was this was a top EM guy, he would win, Okay. Now, there's three other mentions I have to give out very quickly before I start this top five list because someone like uh, all three of these gentlemen make incredible games, but they've only made one game that I absolutely love. Okay, so starting with Dennis Nord Nordman, okay, his 1993 game, his Williams game, Whitewater, is will be forever known in my heart as the game that started it all for me, the machine that started it all. Okay, um, so I absolutely absolutely love this one. I'm already losing my voice a little just because my th my throat, I could barely talk all day yesterday. And it's, yeah, I apologize to you pin newer pinball nerds who are just coming over from hearing about me on one of those two sh awesome shout outs this week. Please bear with me. Please remember to like, subscribe, all that kind of stuff. Come back again. My voice will get better, I promise. And I'll be better at doing this. And um, yeah, I'm going to keep working on it. I'm going to keep working on it. For many of you out there who are new to hearing me, I think of it, this is more of a blog than a podcast, but thank you so much for being here. So Dennis Nordman has done lots of games that lots of people have heard about, Party Animal, um, Avira and the Party Monsters, which, you know, Avira 3 is coming, right? Which I think he's doing. Didn't didn't Stern get that from him? Is that what I heard? Uh, about the design off, something like that. Demo Man, awesome game. Indianapolis 500, really cool game. It's, you know, trending up. Indianapolis 500, didn't I hear that there? Scared Stiff, of course, the world's easiest uh, wizard mode to get to. Uh, Wheel of Fortune, a game that I played quite a bit. Um, and then, of course, the whole PBR, Primus, and Wonelli, because they're all basically the same, right? So, um, anyways, really cool designer shout out. Uh, but it's, you know, it's, he's not quite my top five there. Cause I love whitewater, but I think I love whitewater cause it was the first game that I ever loved. You know, it's like your first, your first girlfriend or boyfriend, the first person you really date for longer than like a couple weeks. Like the first person you really feel like, Oh, I might be with this person the rest of my life. That's what I, that's how I felt when I played whitewater. I was like, Oh, 
I could buy this game and it would be the only pinball machine I would need the whole rest of my life. And I was wrong. I was wrong. Just like just like your first girlfriend. You were probably wrong about her too. But you know what? I still love Whitewater. I still play it for a nostalgic factor. I still think it has a great rule set. That upper shot up there, the small flipper and the, the upper play field, like, oh my gosh. Just yes, I still love that game. I will always love that game. I will always love Dennis Nordman. Um, but like I said, he's only really made that one game that I just absolutely love. Um, the other two guys that came to mind immediately would have been Scott Denisi as well as Keith Elwin. I love TNA and I absolutely love Iron Maiden. Um, actually I got to Flight of Icarus, I believe I went from like 80 million to like almost 200 million. Uh, I had Julie Dorsher's in my group. This is on Monday at Monday Night Pinball at Speed City Records, of course, uh, where I did get to go to finals, and I lost to Sean, Sean Russell by quite a bit. But, uh, you know, I still had a great time playing it. So cheers to everyone who came. I know uh, Darren Murtha went through to finals, and I'm forgetting. I'm blanking on the fourth person, but I'll try to check it here. Um, but cheers to everyone who came out and uh, was put up with the cameras being up there. And believe it or not, that one stream, because it had Mark and City, who, of course, did the Nightmare Before Christmas game, and because it had um, Julie Dorsers, who just recently won the women's in, uh, at, uh, in uh, New York City, and because it had just so many people going in and out, and I think the lighting looked pretty good. I don't want to pat myself on the back too much, but I think the lighting looked pretty good. The game looked great. So thanks Speedy so much for that. And um, it was kind of neat because I absolutely love Kiss, but with there being Iron Maiden and Star Wars and Ghostbusters and all these newer games, I might've thought that Speedy would want to stream something newer, but he said, nope, Ghostbusters is one of my favorite games. I want to stream that. Let's do it. Let's go. Um, so anyways, but Keith Elowin and Scott Denisi, cheers so much. I can't wait to see which games you do next. Even one year, year from now, guys, once I've seen your second games, you could easily break into this top five, no problem. And I'm not going to lie, 10 years from now, I think one of those two guys could be easily in my top three, if not take over for my top two. What are my top two? Let's keep going on the list. Oh, I did have to do a quick shout out to my boy, George Gromez. When I'm saying my boy, it's like I've met him or talked to him or hung out with him. No, not at all. But he's still cool. He's awesome. I I liked every everything I've ever heard. I believe he was on a podcast, and did, you know, interviews, that kind of thing recently. And I like everything he's had to say. So cheers to you. Georgie, all right? Uh, I know we're not that close. I can't call you Georgie. But of course, my favorite game from last year was the Beatles. And I know originally it was sort of very similar. We'll say similar, not exact, but similar to Sea Witch, okay? But it's not the same. Play them. You'll see it's not the same. Of course, he did Batman 66, which has really been growing on me in the last year or so. Uh, and Deadpool, both of those games. Uh, Transformers, which I'm going to be live streaming on the 19th with... Uh, Nick Greenan, very excited for that. Or Grennan, I'm not sure, Nick, let me know. Um, and then Lord of Ra Lord of the Rings and, you know, Sopranos. Oh my gosh, I love Sopranos. So it, that's the same kind of thing, though. Like, I absolutely love the Beatles. A lot of those other games wouldn't, are not, none of those other games are in my top 20. Whereas number five on my list, here we go, without further ado, we're only 20 minutes in. We're starting the list finally. Nice job, Albert. You said you were going to do a 20-minute video. Um... Let me guess. I went too long, didn't I, honey? Okay. Bye. Have fun. You can say bye. You can say bye to all the listeners. Bye. Who's your favorite pinball designer, hun? I don't know. Say, just say Pat Lawler. Sure.
Because we're getting a Pat Lawler game soon. So that's why, right? Roller Coaster Tycoon. Not saying he's in my top five, but he's he'd be in yours, wouldn't he? Yeah. Good. Okay. okay. Thank you so much. I love you. I'll see you soon, babe. Thanks for going to work. I appreciate it. Um, there you go. A little drop in from uh, Orbital Danielle. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, drop, sh- drop shot. Danielle. Uh, anyways. So, yeah. So, Mr. Claude Fernandez. And I know what a couple of you are saying. I think Mr. Dennis Kreisel probably knows who it is. But I don't know how many of my other pinball nerds. It depends how pinball nerdy you are. Okay? Because this guy rocks. Like, this guy hasn't done 216 games like the other guy. But, like, almost every game this guy did is knockout. Or should I say blackout? Because that's one of his first Williams games from 1980. Awesome machine. Uh, His third machine ever... Skateball? Have you heard of it? Oh my God! Yes, I did do an an eight hour skateball stream, and I wa- I did want to thank everyone who stopped in. By the way, um, I know Birdfax came in. Um, I don't want to give away her identity too much by giving her real name, but she did get number two, or she is ranked number two in the women's pinball championships. I'll just say that um, she came in and helped for a bit and chatted, and love seeing her there. Um, quite a few other people came in and thank you to everybody who stopped by. Really appreciate it. I think we had like 140 unique, like people that stopped by during the time and something like 50 chatters. And you know what? For, for someone who just started a, uh, Twitch channel two months ago, I am terrifically happy with that. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, Penn stadium came in, gave me some biddies. Thanks Scott for that. Um, and there was a little bitty war there between Brad Hopkins and team low prices for a while, and that was pretty cool to see. And so that hasn't happened too much before. Um, but yeah, I ended up getting more than 10% of my overall views, even though I've done about 15 videos. Now, mind you, it was a longer stream, but you know, I can understand people are maybe getting a little bit sick of me streaming skateballs. I've done like five of them on it. I think I've done six on Walking Dead. Don't worry, guys, both those machines are gone in two weeks today. That's right. Fortunately or unfortunately, um, a little bit of both, a little bit, a little tear in my eye, but you know what? I've done everything on skateball I need to do. Like I love skateball, but I, it has taught me everything it could do. And Mr. Claude Fernandez, I applaud Claude. Thank you. His next machine he did right after that is if you could get any better is Flash Gordon. The machine I'm basically getting in place of. I needed a machine I could tap pass on because I love tap 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 a roo, just like Mr. Billy Madison. And I needed I wanted one with a row of drop-down targets. I also wanted one with, you know, like I don't know if you want to call them ramps, but they kind of are little mini ramps going up to that upper play field. I also wanted a brutally hard game that could teach me even more things. I wanted uh really, really cool artwork and back glass. And you know, Flash Gordon hits all of those. So it's like Skateball, I think I like the artwork slightly more of because I was never a Flash Gordoner, but I was a, you know, a skateboarder. I don't know what a Flash Gordoner is. Wasn't that a movie? Is it a movie? I'm not sure. I have to look it up. Um, but then his next one was Embryon. And oh my gosh, I'm pretty sh- Did I play this at Jeff Teolis' house? At TCPL or someone else's house for TCPL? I played Embryon somewhere sometime, not in and around London. I remember I was out of town and, um, or did I, did I see it and it was broken somewhere? Anyways, I've seen people play Embryon online. It looks incredible. It has almost all of the features I like in both Skateball and Flash Gordon, but more. Maybe not as brutally hard as Flash Gordon, but still a terrific, excellent wide body that I would love to get someday. 
his next game was Electron, then Sp- or Electra, which I, I believe I played somewhere and I liked. Um, Baby Pac-Man I only played once, and I thought it was interesting, but different, of course. Um, Spectrum, Vortex, uh, Granny and the Gators, Torpedo Alley, and then it looks like he got out of the game between 1988 from Data East. Of course, we know what all happened to Data East, all the way up to... Um, he worked for Capcom in 1995 and his last game was called Airborne. I have not seen or played Airborne. I haven't even heard of Airborne. I'm going to go check that out when the podcast is done. You can check Mr. Claude Fernandez out on Pinside and his 12 machines. That was number five. All right, moving our way right into number four. A surprise to not very many people on the entire planet. Mr. Brian Eady. No, Mr. Brian Eddy. Um, there is a guy in my local town who books music who is Brian Eddy. But uh, Brian Eddy, I believe I've heard his name pronounced. So he, again, doesn't have a huge number of machines. Looks like only 15 machines here. And some of these are even including the remakes. But wow, this guy knocks one after the other, after the other, after the other, after the other, out of the park. Uh, and Cran- Mr. Christopher Franchi can't even get mad at me for saying that. But wait. Francie, do you still are you still going to listen to Pinball Podcasts? Hopefully you still listen to mine, but if you did, I'm sorry. I apologize. If you're not listening anymore, he knocked every one of these out of the park. Here we are. Uh, listen to this. Pool Sharks, Fun House, The Machine, Bride of Pinbot, dare I say, and I'm going to get hate mail for this. Go ahead and send it. PinballNerds at gmail.com. The Machine, Bride of Pinbot is my favorite. Pinbot. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I think Bride's better. It's just me. Then Black Rose. I just saw this being played um, at the big ping golf tournament there like a month or two ago. Um, And it looks really cool. It's got a neat rule set and a couple different ways to play it. Uh, Indiana Jones, the pinball adventure, the Williams one, the 1993 one. Oh my God, that game is incredible. And my favorite game, my favorite game, and this is also controversial because I'm not about to say one of his two biggest games out there, which some of you are already thinking of, but is 1994's The Shadow by Bally. That is my favorite game by him. Um, I love knocking it up there in that, what's that, that little mini play field up there on the left, and it's got the walls on all three sides, and you have to try to smash it up into there. I think that is the one of the coolest toys. I've heard refixing and rebuilding that mech, and the maintenance on it is pretty heavy and specialized, because you don't see those in a lot of machines, which makes sense. But wow, if I could get my hands on a shadow for a reasonable price nowadays, or if we could go back, if I could, you know, call up Marty McFly and we could get in the time machine and go back to like 2005 and those were going for like two grand still. Oh my God, I'd buy up every one of them and sell them now for 10 grand. (laughs) It makes so much money. Um, No, I'm not good enough at fixing them up to sell them for that much. Mine would sell for like four, but still. Uh, then he made Johnny Mnemonic, and then, of course, his next two were his big hits in a row, 1995 and 1997 in a row, Attack from Mars and Medieval Madness. Perhaps two of the most beloved pinball machines of all time. I do love both of them. They're both great shooters. I especially love Medieval Madness. I would say that's my second favorite machine by him. Um, Bride of Pinbot probably coming in at a third Funhouse fourth, and I know you guys aren't going to love this, but Attack from Mars. There, there you go. There's my mini top five. My mini top five. Uh, my mini top five. Brian Eddy. Brian Eddy. Brian Eddy. There we go. Brian Eddy. Okay. So next is 
Number three on the list, Mr. John Borg. And if you would ask me before today if John Borg would, would have been number three on the list, I would have said, nah, maybe fourth or fifth. But then I started looking through his back catalog, maybe harder than I had before. And I realized I like a lot of his older games, okay? So he started back in 1987 with Gottlieb, uh, doing Victory. Have not played it, haven't heard much about it, want to check it out. Then he did Diamond Lady. Then um, a lesser beloved game is Star Wars Data East, even though I happen to like it, especially with that new code. I got to stream it with my best friend there, Mr. Melvis Megaphone, a couple weeks ago. We had a great time doing that. I hope to stream uh, Star Wars one more time. Uh, I was even going to bug him about maybe doing it tomorrow or Sunday, but of course I'm not feeling great, so it'll be the most I can do to just even get this podcast out to you. Like I mentioned, I unfortunately had to um, cancel on streaming, or in case I didn't mention it earlier, I did have to cancel on Mike Dimas for streaming X-Men, and I really want to stream X-Men, but I just feel like garbage, and tomorrow is the LOPL, the London Ontario Pinball League Finals. There's no way I can go in there and like not be 100%, so tonight I'm just going to take it easy um, not go out, not drink. Uh, Melvis Megaphone's even going to see Sloan, uh, one of my favorite Canadian bands, uh, used to be, I would say, for a year or two in grade 9 or 10, uh, playing at the Beer and Barbecue Show here in London as a big craft beer nerd as well. I would love to go, but I'm not going to go because I'm going to be staying home, doing a little bit of studying of the games for tomorrow, and just trying to feel better, to be honest. like I don't feel like right now I would want to even stand for four or five hours and play pinball tomorrow. I don't even want to stand for like 10 minutes right now. So I'm getting tired just doing this podcast. Um, but Jurassic Park, I'm trying to keep my energy up just for you guys. Uh, I did have a big coffee first, so that should help, right? Uh, Jurassic Park 1993, I like that game. Most people come down on it hard, but I like it pretty well. Um, speaking of Jurassic Park, I do have to give a quick shout out to the Toronto Raptors. Only about an hour and a half up the road from me, I accidentally went there last Sunday on accident because I was too tired leaving uh, Kitchener. I took the wrong on-ramp and instead of driving all the way to London for an hour and a half, I drove to Toronto. So anyways, but the Toronto Raptors won. Cheers to Toronto. That's so cool. I don't watch tons of basketball, but believe me, I was watching as much as I could of these playoffs. I was a little bit sick last night. Didn't make it to the end of the game. But was very happy to watch all of the cool videos. Cheers, Toronto Raptors. Now, just as a little extra dig, my cousin showed out to Mr. Justin Dale. He put up something this morning. He said, hey, so it's like Canada won not only the, uh, the basketball finals, but we also won the NHL as well. And I was like, what? And uh, I guess... I don't know if this is true. I haven't fact-checked it yet, but apparently, according to this meme of the St. Louis uh, Blues, who just recently won the uh, NHL Stanley Cup, uh, 73% of their team is Canadian, which I guess does kind of make sense because St. Louis is so close to Canada and the border, and a lot of the Canadian players much prefer to stay somewhere along the Canadian border so they can easily get up to see family and friends and be close to home. That all makes sense. That being said... I don't, I'm not going to say anything, St. Louis fans. Look, I don't know. I'm not going to do the research. I'm not going to go through every player and see. But it's possible that Canada just took home hockey and basketball. That's right. Football's coming here next. No, I'm just kidding. That would never, ever, ever happen. We have the CFL. We have our own teams. Go Ticats. But, yeah, 
We're, we're never going to be able to compete in the NFL. I know that. You know that. And that's okay. Let's move on. You're not here for sports. You're here for pinball. His next machine is Last Action Hero. I freaking love this game. Shout out again to Sean Russell who has this game. Um, I got to play this game a lot in Windsor when I was uh, working for Fly Monkey's Craft Brewery down there. Um, at a particular bar that I can't remember the name of, but they had it. And like on my third game of playing this ever, I put up the grand champion score. It just happened to be one of the guys behind the bar was also a pinballer. And he went and grabbed the owner from the back to bring the owner out. And the owner was like, legit, you, this is your third time playing. I didn't even blow it up that much. I got like 226 million, which is a good game. It's a very good game. But like I got grand champion, three free games, everything else. Um, I don't know if they just had, I think they must've had it set on easy. Of course, a lot of times when I'm playing games like that in a pinball tournament, there's no extra balls. Ooh, excuse me. The extra balls were most likely set on. Uh, anyways, love last action hero. Uh, then tales from the crypt. All right. Then we've got guns and roses. We already did guns and roses. Do we, do we need another one? I don't know. Anyways, maybe guns. And, I, I thought guns and roses. Okay. I mean, uh, those, I, I played it for years without ever noticing that the two ramps are actually a G and an R. I thought that was neat. And Apollo 13, come on, John Borg. I love it. Manufacturers or operators probably didn't love it because it probably broke a lot of machines, but I got to play this at Tilton, Toronto. I don't know if it's still there anymore. I don't believe it was. Um, shout out to Joe Chervino, by the way. And I did promise Mr. Joe Chervino that I would mention that his, um, national pinball day on change.org. Uh, is up to like 850 signatures. It's We're 150 short of 1,000. So just Google uh, National Pinball Day. And uh, thanks, Joe, from Pinball Degenerates as well, the uh, Facebook group. He's good enough to start that. And, you know, it's also on Roger Sharp's birthday, so it makes sense. It's also during Pinburg, so it makes sense. You know, if we're going to celebrate pinball, we're going to say celebrate Roger Sharp, obviously, right? So, um, but John Borg, 13-ball multi-ball, love it. Absolutely love it. Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, Twister, which I've heard is actually a decent game. Um, Harley Davidson, which I've only played on Pinball Arcade, and I actually quite enjoy. Sharky's Shootout, again, I'm not sure if I've played that. Um, Austin Powers, I hear okay things about. I just haven't played it, so I wouldn't want to guess. Um, of course, Crocodile Hunter. He designed Crocodile Hunter, the Outback Adventure. Where a hair... We're here in Australia in the outback, and that's not a knife. This is a knife, you crocodile hunter. Okay, that was the worst Australian ever. I apologize. I'll never do that again. Um, but unfortunately, the crocodile hunter himself got stung by a stingray uh, or an electric eel or something like that while on an expedition, and they didn't end up making the game. I want to see it, though. I want to, like, if, if, if only the artwork was done, it sounds like on here, it says roll in the design artwork. I still want to see it. Wouldn't that be cool? That'd be a cool poster to hang up in your man cave, right? Or your dude room. Or if you're a chick, your she shed, right? You know, whatever it is. That'd be cool to have. Um, after that, he actually did 2008's Indiana Jones, which I loved. I don't love as much as the 1993 Williams one, but I love it. It also has eight ball multi-ball. So John Borg is really leading the way with the most number of balls. I mean, if you just owned those two games, Apollo 13 and Indiana Jones, Stern's Indiana Jones, You'd have 21 balls in just two games, right? Um, and most have, what, six modern Sterns? Uh, um, you know, maybe some have five or four, depending on which games they are, if you're getting older or other manufacturers. Uh, CSI, which I've heard lots about, haven't got to play yet. Um, 
Iron Man, Iron Man Classic, is that different than Iron Man? Oh, Iron Man Classic and Iron Man. Okay, Big big, big Buck big buck Hunter Pro, which I hated the theme for, but I absolutely love the game. Um, Avatar Tron, oh my god, Tron, I love Tron. Tron is probably... Yeah, I would say Tron's my favorite game by John Borg. I just scrolled up a little there and cheated. But in a close second for the John Borg games, and I wouldn't have said this two months ago, but a close second is The Walking Dead. And then probably my third by him would be Kiss. That would mean that my fourth very, very easily... Uh, sorry, the fourth would be Metallica. And then probably, this is where it gets, it's tough for number five, but I'm going to have to say his 1993 Indiana Jones by Williams, okay? So there you go, another mini top five in a top five. It's a conundrum, in a conundrum, in a conundrum, in a conundrum. And then, of course, he went on to do Kiss, and which um, I just mentioned, and Munsters, which I haven't got enough time on, but I can't wait to play the LE. Um, can't wait to play the Premium. Uh, or the LE, because I haven't got to play the mini Playfield yet. And, of course, the Premium, I've said it many times, one of the most beautiful pinball machines on the planet, that black and white Premium. Oh, my God. It's amore. Is, this, uh, is that Italian? I think that was from a McDonald's commercial about pizza like 20 years ago, but whatever. All right, number two. Let's get into the nitty-gritty of it. Number two of all my favorite pinball designers of all time, probably surprising absolutely no one, is the man himself, Mr. Steve Ritchie. According to Pinside, he has 46 machines he's helped on, on in some way, shape, form, or capacity. And for the most part, as I stretch out my legs, it's falling asleep because this podcast went longer than it should have, and I'm sorry, I'll try to make it quicker next time. Mr. Sword of Rage himself, Mr. Black Knight, Sword of Rage, finish him himself, okay? Uh, let's go all the way back to his very first game, Airborne Avenger. Um, never played it. Sounds cool, though. Would check it out. Um, that was for Atari. So, yeah, he started with Atari. I remember hearing that back in the day. Um, then Williams game. Oh, looks like he... Does he... <gasps> Were you two-timing Steve Ritchie? Were you working for Williams and Atari at the same time? Maybe they're like they were kind of combining that. I'm not sure, but it looks like 1977 Atari uh, Airborne Avenger, 1979 Flash for Williams, then back to Atari 1979 Superman. I have played that game. I kind of like that game. I don't love that game, but I kind of like that game. I believe they had it at Collective Arts Brewing in Hamilton when I worked there. Um, I would sneak in and play a game or two of that on my break and pour myself a little beer ski sometimes and have a break in there when it was quiet, if there was no one around, if we were doing a big event. Um, Stellar Wars, Storm, Shock, Zeus, Super Zone, Firepower. Of course, Firepower. Firepower is a super rad game. Fire Action. And then... One of my favorite games by him, of course, Black Knight. And I've only got to play maybe three games of this ever, but I loved it. Loved everything about it, okay? Um, what is this game? This is for some weird company called Tato or Talto. I don't know if that's an I or an L. Talto, Tato. Uh, 1981, and the game is called, I can't even pronounce that. This must be an overseas company. Oh, this doesn't look like it was produced. He just helped do the concept on it. That's probably why this pinball nerd hasn't heard of it. It's Cavalerio Negro 
Not sure. Hyperball, wasn't that the, the game with like a thousand balls? It looks, I still don't know if Steve Ritchie really fully got into his stride here. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Hyperball, I believe that was the one with like a thousand shots. I have to, have to ask Mike Dimas. I thought he got that and was working on it. Um, and then Furry, I've heard of that before. Uh, Black Rider. Uh, then we have High Speed. That, this is High Speed's his first, like, ah, Black Knight was a hit, but I would say High Speed is what one of the ones he's known for. Certainly one of my favorite games by him. Um, next would be F14 Tomcat. Absolutely love that game. Fastest game in pinball. Uh, my buddy Ray there, actually Payday Ray, actually sold that game up to Flying Monkeys, uh, along with Roller Coaster Tycoon, which is part of the reason why I'm so excited to be getting Roller Coaster Tycoon, because I'm getting a little bit of pinball redemption by getting Roller Coaster Tycoon back. Um, next is Black Knight 2000, which came out in uh, 1989. Haven't played that one yet, but I'm excited to play it. It looks cool. It looks fast. It looks fun. Everything we love about his games are, you know, part of it. Now, this is interesting. You can see he goes from a Williams game in 1989 to Roller Games was his next Williams game in 1990. Another cool game. That is an excellent game, actually. I almost purchased that as my first game, but someone got to it just slightly before me and bought it from Mr. Mike Dimas. Uh, but he, there's a company here called Grieger. It's G-E-I-G-E-R, 1990. Uh, Roll on the team. He played his game design. It was a conversion kit. So I wonder what game that was a conversion kit for, but it's called Dino Turbo, and they produced 150 of them. So I again, I'm going to leave this up and research this after this. I'm sure one of you pinball nerds out there knows it. Then there's Terminator 2 Judgment Day, a game that I've had the pleasure of streaming and going over to Matt's house. Maybe might get to stream that bad boy one more time before we go as well. Um, love that game. It's fast. It's simple. It's intuitive. It's easy. It's not easy, but it's intuitive. And if you're newer at pinball, you know what to do. The rule set's not overcomplicated. And then one of my favorite Steve Ritchie games, I got to rent this for three months, actually, from Mr. Dimas there. Appreciate that. Is The Getaway Getaway High Speed 2. Man, when you're hitting those loops up there, uh, oh my gosh, there's only one thing to do, but just hitting those loops, you hit seven, eight, nine, ten. Oh my gosh, it's so fun. So fun. Um, let me see here. Wait, that one doesn't choose. What am I? Am I talking about no fear with the loops? No. Okay. Anyways, uh, next is Star Trek, the next generation. One of my son Owen's favorite games. The next is no fear. Dangerous sports. How a clothing brand got uh, this, I have no clue. But I rented that game as well. Had it for three months. Absolutely loved it. Fast as heck. Easy to get to the mini wizard mode. Hard to harder, slightly harder to complete the wizard mode, but not too hard. Uh, Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines. And there it is. One of my favorite machines by him. This machine was at Call the Office forever. I absolutely love it. I love... Oh, I love how fast it is. I love how often you have to dead bounce to be able to hit that shot. I love that the lock shot, you can, once you get used to it, you can easily backhand it. Oh my gosh, just love that game. Elvis, I like that game. It came around to me a little, don't, I wouldn't say I love it. I like it though. World Poker Tour, I like but don't love. Spider-Man, I like but don't love. 24, I've never played. ACDC, I like strongly. But the number one Steve Ritchie game, and I know I'm going to get some hate mail for this, but you know what? Hate mail is better than no mail. So let's get some hate mail. My favorite Steve Ritchie game is Star Trek, Stern's Star Trek 
from 2013. Could be my first new inbox game ever. Really enjoy playing it. I've only got to play it like 10 different times. And maybe that's why I love it so much because unlike, say, Game of Thrones, another one of his terrific games, um, I've only got to play it two or three games here or there at different times. I've never got to sit there and have like an hour on it. Uh, and it is now at Poacher's Arms, so I'm very excited to go play that. Uh, of course, after that was Game of Thrones, easily up there for one of my favorite games by him. Uh, Star Wars. Some people don't love Star Wars. I absolutely love Star Wars. Love most of the shots on it. Like the rule set. Just have a heaping fun time playing it. Like whenever I was going to like an, a $5 all-you-can-play barcade uh, buy here, basically called The Office on Thursdays, usually I would go up to Star Wars and play that first, and I, I could have played many other different newer Sterns that were there, and I usually picked Star Wars first. And it's not just because of the theme. I actually like playing the game. Sue me. Um, I don't know why people don't love that game that much. Some people do. I know it's not it's not universally like hated, but it should be universally loved. It's a pretty freaking good game. And the last one, which I can't, I still have to reserve judgment for. I was hoping to get up and play last weekend. It didn't make it. Hopefully, can get there this weekend. Is Black Knight Sword of Rage? Um, haven't had the opportunity to play. I did just watch, of course, the stream on Flipping Out. Uh, Zach Manny's new, new distribution company, Pinball Distribution Company, and that was awesome. Thanks so much, Zach, for doing that. Also, I joked around uh, about Dennis Kretzel being the host and Zach being the co-host. Totally a joke, my bud. Um, hopefully you weren't genuinely offended by that. I thought you guys joked around about that, so I was just trying to keep the joke going. But uh, he did make mention of that the other day on the stream. But he did. he still calls me Orby. It's good old Orby. So I love that. Screw Orbital Albert. That's too long. I'm now just Orby. Welcome back to Orby's top five pinball machine designers of all time. On to number one. You guys probably turned this off already because you already knew. I have a love fest. And this guy also has not made as many machines as you would have thought. And especially when you look in the differences between the standards and the LEs and everything else. There's not that many. Like, let me count the differential here. Two. When you take away the special editions. Two. Arguably three. Um, okay. All right. Four. Yeah, so when I take away the four that are kind of like special editions or very similar, he's only really designed 21, but they've... And, and, and when I say only, to be fair, a lot of these games are complex and take year or a year or years to design. So he's done tons of incredible work. Drum roll, please. Mr. P -p 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 Pat yourself on the back, Mr. P -p -p Pat Lawler. That's right. Let's go through his games here. Starting with Wrecking Ball, 1987. This is a tournament classic. People like playing this, from what I understand. Wait, maybe I'm thinking about Junkyard. Anyways, I'm sure I've seen Wrecking Ball played somewhere, I hope. Uh, maybe not. <laughs> there was only one produced and then canceled, so I was thinking of Junkyard. So it's a good thing I read the bottom part. It was a prototype only. Uh, wouldn't it be cool if you owned the only Wrecking Ball? I wonder if Pat Lawler himself has that. Make sure you message me to my Pinball Nerds podcast Facebook page, which is where most people message me, to be honest, or go ahead and write it on the page and let me know if someone actually owns Wrecking Ball. Is there a video of it? Like, what happened to this one Pat Lawler's first machine? I want to know. It's got to be worth millions of dollars now, right? Uh, Bonsai Run. Are you telling me Bonsai Run, Bonsai Run, that incredible game, that unique, different, interesting game is the very, very first production Pat Lawler game. Like, talk about, um, I have to come up with a different term, 
talk about getting a field goal from far, far away instead of knocking it out of the park. But like that was the one with the like the really weird upper play field. And I think it had six flippers, and then you had to go to the one spot to go to the next spot to go to the next spot. So innovative. If that's your first game, yeah you know you're going to be doing things a little bit differently. And that's what I love so much about this guy. Okay, his next game was Earthshaker. Earthshaker. Incredible. Loved that rule set. Complex, challenging, hard, quick, big. It seemed like a big flipper gap. Like I could hardly ever get ball saves, like slap saves on that bad boy. Whirlwind, of course. Um, Mr. Bill Webb of Special One Lit Pinball Podcast was just talking about how his whirlwind is all done and up for sale. So if you want to look at a absolutely gorgeously refinished, redone, cleaned up, made look pretty whirlwind, go check out uh, Bill's because it's up for sale. I'm sure it's on Pinside right now. Um, next was Funhouse. Now, didn't I name someone else in Funhouse? So yeah, exactly. Maybe there's a lot of these teams where at least two people worked on it, but. I'm sure every team that he was on, he did an integral part of it. And of course, the best-selling pinball machine of all time, the Adams Family. And every time I play that game, I thought it was a bit overrated for a bit, just because that's all you could hear from people. And when you talk to non, even non-pinball people, say, oh yeah, remember Adams Family was at White Oak Small Albert and used to play it all day long, get free games. Yeah, I did, but I kind of got sick and tired of it because it was everywhere. It was everywhere all the time. Even if it was an arcade with like two pinball machines and one was broken, the one that was working was always Adams Family. And you're like... But I love Adam's Family, but I want to play... I need variety. Variety is the spice of life. I want to play new games, right? Uh, then Twilight Zone, for years and years and years, my favorite pinball machine. Roadshow, which I've gone on to absolutely love. I killed it on Roadshow the last time we played it in League and got first, I believe, on that. Um, even taking out, I think Jeff Teolis was second or someone like that. It was like with like 600,000. I ended up getting like 700 or 700 million on it, which is a pretty legit score, especially when you're in League and... You know, you're a little more nervous and people are watching and the machines are set up super tight. Uh, next would be the Adams Family Gold, and that's why I didn't count. This is the Adams Family Gold Collector's Edition. Safecracker, what a neat machine. That just had unlimited balls, but it was a, a period of time you had to shoot them. So that was a neat, different, interesting concept. No Good Gophers, which is a game that a lot of people yeah, don't seem to like as much as I do, but I think it's just incredible. Wizard Blocks I've never played. Oh, prototype only, that's why. 1999 game for, looks like Williams, would have been probably, they were in design and Williams took a whap whap. Okay, so the next one is 2001's Monopoly, an underrated game by him. I really like that game and not a lot of people do. I don't like that game as much as his next game, which has been even poo-pooed on even worse here. Like, what is wrong with you guys? I call this the poor man's Willy Wonka. It's Roller Coaster Tycoon. Man, I love Roller Coaster Tycoon. That's why I just bought it. I love the color palette on it. I love the habit trails that are returning the ball back to the flippers. I love the the Pat Lawler shots. I love that your left flipper has like three different ramp shots it can try to hit and even a backhanding the, the chicken shot or whatever the heck that is there. Like um, I do like that it has an easier wizard mode. Like most of the games I've rented, even from my good buddy Mike here, uh, like even um, uh, Walking Dead now, I've had it for three months. I haven't got to Terminus. I haven't got to the wizard mode. Uh, I haven't got to Horde. Um, I've got to Bloodbath lots. I've completed like four of the modes at least once or twice or at least three of them or started the fourth one or whatever but like I just haven't got there and I hope I do it before I get rid of it but I just 
haven't yet. Uh, his next game was Ripley's Believe It or Not, and then 2005's Grand Prix. I have not played or even really heard much about that. I've heard about the Grand Prix that's the EM, but not this one much. So um, next was NASCAR, probably the only machine that I didn't absolutely love uh, by by him. Of, of all the machines, certainly the one I loved the least, okay? Um, even though I still like it, I still think it's good. The NASCAR that I played on, unfortunately, always shot straight down the middle from that lock shot and just drove me nuts because I was like, I can't slap save out of there. No matter what I do, maybe one in ten I could slap save and that was it. Uh, next is Family Guy. I, I really like Family Guy. Some people don't, but I really like Family Guy. Uh, Shrek, of course, I think is based on the same the exact same layouts. I didn't really count that one, but of course the art design was different. Maybe there was a couple differences. Someone can let me know. Uh, CSI then dialed in. Oh my gosh. Dialed in has been number one on my list of top 10 favorite pinball machines ever since I started this podcast. I know a lot of people were curious, even when I was on the uh, Buffalo Pinball Twitch channel the other day. Ooh, excuse me. Skip, Skip. Good old Skip McNatty was good enough to uh, cheers me to 200 episodes and I said, thank you so much. I just recorded episode 210 this morning. And he's like, uh, but they just thanked you on This Week in Pinball. And I was like, well, I know, but it came out like a week and a half ago. And, you know, they were half a week late on Like, I'm not going to get mad at This Week in Pinball or I'm just thankful that, you know, everyone gave me all the shout outs and thank yous and everything. So, um, but yeah, here it is, 2000, episode 211, because I try to do one every day. It doesn't happen every day. Some days there's two, like Monday. Today there could be, like, who knows? I might do five today. Um, just kidding. Uh, but And then, of course, Willy Wonka, which could take over for my favorite game of all time. I can't afford it right now. I can't get it right now. I'm hoping maybe, maybe, maybe Jersey Jack will just, just ship me one Jersey Jack. I'll play that thing on stream, like, minimum three hours times minimum five streams per week. Well, let's say minimum five hours times three streams per week. So minimum 15 hours per week for 90 days. This is at least my half arsed um, shot at asking them for it. I probably should email them and ask them as well. You know what? I know they're not even shipping them yet, so I'm not too worried about it. And I am in transition moving out to the East Coast this month. So it's going to be a tough month. But geez, if you guys could get me one of those for August 1st out in Nova Scotia, I will stream the living bejesus out of it. It will be great. It will be awesome. It will be fun. I will dress up for several of them. I'll have, I don't care if people are a little bit complaining about there's not enough modes and it's just Wonka bars. The shots look incredible. The machine looks incredible. The theme is incredible. I hope they keep working on making the music maybe a little bit less slot machiney. But short of that, it looks incredible. I cannot wait to play it. Pat Lawler. I don't want to say it yet. I'm going to knock on wood now. But I think you might have just knocked it out of the park again, buddy. All right. I am so sorry this podcast went long. Even before I started, I told my wife, I said, oh, I'll probably be done in 15, 20 minutes. But you know what? I nerded out because that's what I do here on the Pinball Nerds podcast. I absolutely love those designers. This was a big episode for me. Thank you. Just, just It was a big episode for me because I was so excited to do this. I've been thinking about this, you know, my top five pinball designers for years, 
but well, really for, since I've started the podcast for 200 episodes or so, and I said, no, I want to play more games. I want to play more games. I want to play more games. Well, I did look at the This Week in Pinball. Uh, this came out last February, I believe. They had a top 10 list on there from a survey. I did look through that. I did look Google like the best pinball designers. And it turns out I had played a good number of games by every one of the top pinball designers out there. So I feel like I was prepared to do this. Now, 10 years from now, after I've been to Pinburg, which is coming up in less than 50 days, yes. Um, when I, you know, When I think about those things, I think about how excited I am to play more games because I haven't played that many. But at the same time, oh my God, I can't wait to go to Pinburg. Until next time, thank you so much for listening. And remember to eat, sleep, and breathe. Pat Lawler Pinball. Just give me some kindness.